0: This afternoon we welcome again each and every one of you to the assembly the worship service of the church of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. It's been a great day on many different levels in the sense that this morning we had the great privilege as well as blessing to gather together to worship God through Jesus Christ. Remember the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To be able to have lunch together, for which the ladies and the fellows that cook deserve our richest thank you, and to be able to sing together and now to conclude our time together here at this place in just a few minutes. I want to thank this congregation for the invitation to come here. It's certainly like seeing family in more ways than one, not only brothers and sisters in Christ, but family members. And anybody that knows Whitney knows that she just loves coming here, and so it's just beneficial all the way around. You encourage us and strengthen us, and we thank you for that. This afternoon, I want to talk to you just for a few minutes about hope, and it's not hope in a sense that you've probably heard over the years. It's not the sense of one of those quickie, get it out of the way sermons where you kind of just fluff over things. But I want to talk to you about hope and how it can help you and I in our daily walk. How you and I can use hope as described in the Bible to encourage ourselves, strengthen ourselves, help others, be a better servant to God, be a better spouse a better brother or sister in christ how hope can help all of us to grow have you ever set goals for yourself in your christian walk have you ever sat down for a few minutes and on a piece of paper wrote down several goals that you might have as being a christian i suppose on the top of the list would be to go to heaven you'd certainly have in there somewhere if you have children the faithfulness of your children or family members, to help your home congregation grow, to improve yourself, to gains in knowledge, which in turn helps you to gain in strength and in understanding, and the ability to save and help others. Some of the things that would be on that list are things that hope define. Nelson's Bible Dictionary defines hope as a confident expectancy. In the Bible, the word hope stands for both the act of hoping and the thing hoped for. In Romans, the fourth chapter, in verse 18, the apostle Paul would write, Who against hope believed in hope, that he might become the father of many nations, according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed be. Of course, the apostle there was talking about Abraham. And those that have spent any time at all in the book of Genesis will understand and know exactly the story as it's laid out. How Abraham had been promised by God that it would be his seed, it would be through Abraham that the promise would be fulfilled. Abraham and his wife Sarah were barren. They'd had no children and as only humanity can find a way to infringe upon these relationships, Sarah gives Abraham her handmaid. To that association is born a son, Ishmael. Abraham was content, if you can call it that, that the lineage or his line would pass through Ishmael, but God had other plans for Abraham. The Bible tells us that when Abraham and Sarah were both old, well in years, Sarah became pregnant. And she would give birth to a son, Isaac, and it would be through Isaac that God's promise would continue to be fulfilled, that God's promise to Abraham would be fulfilled. You can imagine the kind of faith that Abraham had to have. Can you imagine being 100 years old or close to it? Now I want you married couples to think about this. And the wife comes home one afternoon and tells you, we're pregnant. You'd not only probably fall out of your seat, but you'd probably have a heart attack in the process. The hope that Abraham had was his faith and conviction in God. The apostle Paul would also put it to this way in 1 Corinthians 9 and verse 10. Or saith he it altogether for our sakes? For our sakes, no doubt, this is written that he that ploweth should plow in hope, and he that thresheth should hope should be partaker of his hope. Colossians 1 and 5, For the hope which is laid up for you in heaven, where have you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel? The Apostle Paul gives us two points to ponder and to think about. First of all, he tells us that no matter what it is you're doing in your service unto God, it should be done to the very best of your ability and with hope. And why? because of the promise that is laid up for you and I in a home in heaven. Have any of us ever seen heaven? Of course not. Have any of us ever had the opportunity to sit down one-on-one with Jesus Christ? Of course not. How is it then that we can go from what we consider to be reasonable, rational human beings to believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God and that there is such a entity as God and of Christ and of heaven and all the blessings and promises that we find in Scripture we know of course that the foundation is what we find in the pages of inspiration and in our faith but what causes us to press on it is our hope in the reward being fulfilled it is our hope in having confidence and believing that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek his son and our savior, Jesus Christ. It is the hope and knowing that what God has said will come to be, whether tomorrow or a long time out in the future, that a day is coming when all of the promises of God will be fulfilled. Now you and I can read in the Bible about heaven and we can read about what a wonderful place heaven is and we can read that it is the home of the redeemed and we can read that we will be there all of eternity. But it is our hope that helps us to carry on. Faith is something that can be proven. Faith is also tied into hope but faith takes it a step farther in the sense that we can have assurance based on our convictions and what we find in scripture for instance we've never seen heaven we can't find anybody that's lived on the face of the earth that can testify that they have seen heaven yet we have Witnesses, both those for and against that saw Christ. We have witnesses, both those for and against that witnessed the birth of the church. We have testimony and witnesses that lead us to believe through our faith and conviction that the things that we read about Christ, his ability to do miracles, his ability to heal the sick, his ability to walk on water, And most importantly, his ability to raise from the dead. There were witnesses. It's not just a matter of the written testimony. But there would be those that could be put on the witness stand that could say that were alive at the time of Christ. I saw the man. I witnessed the works of this man. I saw what he did. Hope is something that you and I can only drive, for instance, dealing with heaven from scripture. We won't be able to find a witness that can testify because they've seen firsthand the wonders of heaven. But we can believe that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We can believe that God does not lie We can believe that there is a reward for those that diligently follow him. We can believe that there is a home for the saved, all in heaven. Hope does not arise or change from an individual's desires or wishes, but from God, who is in himself the believer's hope. David would say in Psalms 39 and verse seven, my hope is in you. You know, genuine hope is not a wishing for or a what if. You know, have you ever thought to yourself, well, you know, I wish I could go to Italy or I wish I could do this or I wish I could do that. Hope is not wishing. Hope is the firm assurance that God is the author of the salvation of humankind that God will definitely fulfill all of his promises and it leaves no chance to mankind. You know, I can hope that my guys do a good job at work. I can hope that they're productive but unless I am there to oversee and to make sure there's room for error, there's room for failure. With God, there's no such thing. With God, there's no such thing as failure or room for error because God himself is the believer's hope because God himself cannot and will not fail. In Romans the 8th chapter, verses 24 and 25, the Apostle Paul would say, For we are saved by hope, but hope that is seen is not hope. For what a man seeth, why doth he yet hope for? But if we hope for that we see not, then do we with patience wait for it? I'm sure in other translations that would be laid out a little bit easier to read and understand. But really, in essence, the Apostle Paul puts it as clear as he possibly can for our understanding. Why would you hope for something that you can see? Do you see the conflict? Then he takes it a step farther and brings it right to you and I as members of the body of Christ. Will we be patient enough to run the race to its conclusion to be rewarded with all that God has promised. And that's really what it comes down to. There's legions of people in this old world that at one time put all of their hope and trust in God and now have gone off to do whatever it is that they feel they must do that is contrary to the will of God. You see, their patience wasn't honed where they could fulfill and finish the race. But the Apostle Paul tells you and I that the hope that we have, the hope that is in God himself, and all that that entails, will be ours and fulfilled if we run the race with patience. Can you and I finish what we start? Can you and I get to the finish line and be rewarded for our efforts? Simply put, I would say this. If you have no hope, if you don't believe in God, or you don't believe in heaven, or you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, and your hope is shattered, so to speak, then I would recommend to you that beginning, as soon as we're finished this afternoon, that you go out and live life for all the gusto you can grab. Because if you don't have hope in God, and you don't believe in heaven, and you don't believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, then all that you can hope to expect is what you can accomplish and gain in this whole life. And you'd better go out and live with all the gusto you can conjure up. And you'd better go out and sin and sin and sin like there's no tomorrow because if your hope isn't on heavenly things, then it can only be on things on this earth. And you'd better make the very best effort you can to go out and be fulfilled. I'm not quite sure what the fulfillment of that would be. I would imagine it would leave you broken and empty and desolate and morally bankrupt. But if we cannot put our hope and trust and faith in God, then all you and I have is what we can see in this old world and we'd better get right out there and grab for all we can get. In Hebrews 11 and verse one, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In Hebrews 11 and verse 7, by faith Noah, being warned of God of things not yet seen, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world, and became heir of the righteousness, which is by faith. The Hebrew writer there in 11 and 1 tells us that hope, I don't want to misquote this, Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Now let's look very quickly at the example of Noah. You all know the story of Noah and the ark. But let's back up just a little bit and let's put this all into perspective in a way that brings it right to our front porch. Ryan decides that he's been told by God to go out and build a massive boat. He doesn't decide. He's been told by God to go build a boat. So he goes out and begins to accumulate all the materials, and he begins construction on this massive ship. That wouldn't be very long till those that know him would begin to laugh and joke and ridicule and. He's gone over the edge, he's lost his mind. Whatever it is that you wanna throw out there, it wouldn't be very long until that is exactly what was being said. That's the position Noah found himself in. But with Noah, it also went a step further and that his family members thought that he had lost his mind. Never once was he dissuaded from his task. He labored and labored and labored. Now, I don't know about you, but most of us I think are pretty thin skinned and we'd stand a few days maybe of ridicule and being the, the punchline to everybody's jokes and commentary on our conduct. But we'd sooner or later give up. He'd finish the task because he believed that God was going to use him and destroy the world. And here's something I think we sometimes overlook. Until the flood, there had never been rain upon the face of the earth. The Bible's clear in its teachings and understandings that all things had been watered from the dew And can you imagine what people must have felt and what they thought of that man as he continued on now each and every one of us for a minute become noah and we're not talking about building a boat in your daily walk does your faith and hope and confidence in god set you apart in that you don't partake of things that co-workers or schoolmates may do that are contrary to the will of god or do you just kind of go along with the flow does your faith and hope and conviction in god cause you to be different not to the point of drawing attention to oneself but the point of following the will and word of god to the very best of your ability does your language reflect the fact that you have hope faith and conviction in god or do you get swayed by friends and those that Use profane language in any other manner of speak. You see, you and I can be Noah in this day and age. The question is, do we have faith and conviction like Noah had that we'll stay the course? Or do we kind of get bumped around from place to place that we'll when these friends were one way and when these people were another way? And ask yourself this, If you went to a coworker tomorrow and it wouldn't matter who it was, a coworker, and you asked them to go to church with you, what would their reaction be? Would they be surprised that you go to church? Would they be surprised that you know anything about the Bible or about God? Or would your life and speech be a reflection of the way that we should be in the sight of God? And even though they might not take you up on the invitation, they know full well where you stand. They know full well where you stand on spiritual matters, on things that count because of your faith, hope, and conviction. In 1 Peter 3 and verse 15, But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. In 1 John 3 and 3, and every man that hath this hope in him purifieth himself even as he is pure. You know, it's been mentioned twice in the public prayers of the assembly here today. would you know where to go in your Bible if someone out on the street asked you what it took to be saved? Would you be able to give them some kind of direction? Or would you have to flip back to the back of your Bible and look in the the text and look in the helpmates and, well, it's here. It's here somewhere and I'll get it for you. You know, if I asked somebody to help me find the way to salvation and I asked them if they were a member of their church had they been baptized and they couldn't tell me how to go about the very same thing I wouldn't have a lot of interest in that church because it would lead me to believe that it was hollow how can something so important be so casually treated? Where is our hope, faith, and conviction? In Hebrews 7 and verse 9, for the law made nothing perfect but the bringing in of a better hope by the which we draw nigh unto God. In Romans 15 and verse 13, the apostle Paul would write, now the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing believing that ye may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Ghost. The song that Aaron led, number 162. If you have the book in front of you, I want you to look at the course. We're not going to sing this, but read the words. Cares of this life often make us forget what hope and joy Christ can give. Let us all remember his words and for his glory now live. Doesn't that describe the human kind there in the chorus? Cares of this life often make us forget what hope and joy Christ can give. We get sidetracked so easily, it seems to me. We lose our way, and we forget that we have all of the treasures that matter in this whole world in God all that matters. We let this thing and that thing and, you know, we have a disagreement with this one or that one and it's like watching, a, watching some kind of a, a barometer. You know, if we have a disagreement with that one, well then our faith cools off. But if things are well, then our faith gets hot. Then our faith cools off then our faith gets hot. We need to find within ourselves, according to the word of God, how it is that we can stay enthusiastic for God and not let the little cares and concerns of this old life throw us off. Now, I understand there's things in this life that are terrible, but let's, let's take it right to the very crux of the matter. What's the greatest thing in in this life that you can hope for? Heaven. What's the worst thing that could happen? Hell. So you have the greatest and the worst. And when you look at those two contrasts, doesn't it reinforce to you that most of the cares and concerns of this whole life really aren't the big deal we make them out to be? And that's really, I think, what it comes down to. Where is our emphasis? Finally, in closing, in 2 Thessalonians 2 and verse 16, now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which hath loved us and have given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace. Romans 15 and verse four, for whatsoever things are written aforetime were written for our learning, that we, through patience and comfort of the Scriptures, might have hope, and finally in Colossians one and verse twenty-three, if ye continue in the faith grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which ye have heard, and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I Paul am made a minister. I would leave you with those words found there in. Colossians 1 and verse 23. If you continue in the faith grounded and settled and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel which ye have heard. We don't even need to finish the verse. Today, ask yourself, where is my hope? Is my hope tied to things that really have no bearing on my salvation? Or is my hope tied to the hope of God Almighty, to the power of God Almighty? Remember this, God is the author, perfecter, and finisher of our faith. And that through the death, burial, and resurrection of his Son and our Savior Jesus Christ, the way was paved for you and I, instead of being strangers, instead of being estranged from God, to be reconciled to God. So one of the greatest barriers was knocked down with the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But that's not where it starts and stops. You see, if you and I aren't convicted in our faith, conviction, hope, belief in God, then we won't take the steps to be saved. We won't avail ourselves to the greatest gift that's ever been given to mankind. And I don't know about you, but I want to spend eternity in heaven. And I believe that heaven is real and I believe that heaven exists and not because I said so but because the Bible says so and that's where my hope faith and confidence lie we thank you for listening to our podcast put on by the Church of Christ at 2215 Plans Road in Bakersfield